ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald. And I'm Father Andrew Dickinson. And we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's exciting topic, Father, uh, we want to remind you that we love listener feedback. So if you've got any questions about what we discuss in today's episode, any ideas for future episodes, any ideas for the podcast in general, say you want a new host, say you want a new co-host, let us know. We're happy to consider any... (laughs) Consider, consider, discern, Father, discern. Um, anything you might have, uh, the best way to do that, email us ignition at sfcatholic.org, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet to us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition, and, uh, we will, we will get back to you and let you know what we think about any new co-hosts. Yeah, I'll let you know what we think about that. <laughs> hey, how, how are you doing, Father? We haven't, uh, recorded a live show in a couple of weeks. How are things going? Very well. The school year started, and it's both a hustle and bustle uh, here at uh, South Dakota State University. It's another good year of outreach. Excellent. And, and that's what it's about, reaching out. Outreaching. <laughs> Reaching. Reaching. Okay. Uh, Father, today we are going to be talking about um, something that you are familiar, very familiar with, uh, yes. four areas of formation, and we'll be explaining why Father is so familiar with them. Um, and, and and then we'll be talking about what, what these areas are, but the, and then how they apply uh, to discipleship for all members of the church, including the laity. Uh, so, so four areas of formation. Um, Father, what are the four areas of formation? Well, the four areas of formation are four topics about the human person that come from a church document called Pastoris Dabu Vobis. Uh, in Latin, it means I will give you shepherds, and it comes from 1992 after a World Synod of Bishops. Right, so you uh, it, sort of well in, in the in the Catholic news at least is is uh, the upcoming extraordinary synod of bishops. It's going to be held um, this fall in October in Rome on the topic of evangelization and the family. This is something that's been going on since Vatican II. Uh, every so often, bishops from around the world gather together with the Pope to discuss uh, a topic, usually of relevance to the universal church, sometimes of relevance to one particular region in the church. And um, in the early '90s, there was a, a synod on. On the topic of priestly formation, um, uh, so early '90s, and and uh, well, we'll get into the the application uh, here in a little bit. So, what are those four areas, then, Father? These four areas of uh, formation. By the way, great uh, relevant touch there, connecting the synod to the extraordinary synod on the family coming up in just a few weeks. I, I, I'm trying to get better, Father. Thank you very much for uh, acknowledging that. We all can't be as relevant and hip as I am. No, we, but we can try. We can strive. I have the ideal in <laughs> mind now. I'm striving to conform myself to Oh, nice. You. Nice little tease. <laughs> so uh, the four areas of formation laid out by Pastoris Dabuvobis have in mind um, the whole framework, the whole work of uh, priestly formation and the idea of setting their sights on Jesus Christ, who is true God and true man, Jesus Christ, who is our great high priest, Jesus Christ, who is, uh, as the Second Vatican Council tells us, the full revelation of what it means to be human. And so with that in mind, uh, the, council, the Synod Fathers, uh, summed up by Pope 
St. John Paul II, uh, identified four areas of formation, and they are, uh, number one, uh, I probably should go in the right order, huh? Human formation. Yep. Number two is spiritual formation. So that's your prayer life. Human formation uh, maybe is harder than it sounds, by the way, but we'll get to that later. Okay. Uh, so spiritual formation. Then we have the intellectual formation, uh, as Dr. Bergold referred to it as book learning. <laughs> I'm learned. Learn me. Learn me. <laughs> Learn me. And then finally, pastoral formation, okay. uh, which is a forming after Jesus' own heart as the good shepherd. So I think just so this is this is the areas of priestly formation, meaning then maybe a bit counterintuitively in terms of how we go. This is uh, the, the formation process that seminarians receive to become well-rounded, well-formed priests. Correct. Correct. Um, and so now, uh, not everything like uh, you're not just going to call like an intellectual formation class. You're still going to call it the Synoptic Gospels or Latin. Uh, moral theology, but when seminaries look at how they're structuring their programs, they want to find to make sure that they are um, engaging uh, the men in all four of these areas, and in all four of these age areas, being able to express the image of what it means to serve Christ with your own unique gifts and personality, but how to serve Christ and be conformed to Christ in these four ways. So just to give uh, uh, an outsider's perspective, so to speak, when, when I went to, to Rome to stay for graduate school, um, I, I went to my, the, the classes I took at the University of St. Thomas Aquinas, the, the Angelicum, were with uh, many seminarians, many of them Americans, including many now priests in our own diocese here in Zoo Falls. And and I think my father, my not really knowing and never, have, never having been a seminarian, never really having... Um, I, I discerned the priesthood, but I never found out what seminary life is like. I, I had this idea that seminary formation would probably be much like what I was doing as, as a layman in Rome, just taking uh, classes on on the the book learning, the intellectual formation, the things you know, synoptic gospels, Latin, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But there is, as 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 we see in these other areas, there's a lot more to it. The priestly formation, there's a lot more to it than just uh, the the intellectual formation. Right. My, uh, as I was going through my own formation process in the seminary, uh, I remember my dad, in, when hearing about the different aspects going on, very quickly made the analogy to a, a military academy. Uh, that uh, it's not just a matter of certain topics and coursework, but it's a whole, for, it's, a, it's a formation of your whole life. Right, and that's where I mean, maybe getting at the, the the goal of seminary formation is not to make many or not to make theologians; it's to make priests, and those are definitely two different things. Yes, a priest can be a theologian, um, and and yes, a priest has to know theology, but a priest and theologian are not synonymous, and therefore, priestly formation is not simply about theological formation. And I've never had anyone ask me my grades before they asked me for uh, advice on uh, on their marital uh, making the married life better exactly 
So, Father Ed, now, is this, was this any idea? I mean, you may not know, but was this new, this idea of four areas of priestly formation? Was Pastor Dabo Vobis just recalling things that had already been uh, in place uh, and reaffirming them, or was it proposing something new in terms of how? Because I think sometimes people, I, again, I had this idea that there had simply always been seminaries, at least. They started relatively early, but they 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 were they're newish in the life of the church, just a few centuries old. Um, the, the way that seminary formation is priestly formation is done today goes back uh, to what I think about the 16th century thereabouts in terms the forms of the Council of Trent. Exactly. Um, so 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 this area, this idea of four areas of formation. Then, any idea if that was new with Pastoris Dubovobus, or had or had that been part of the of of the, the history of priestly formation as well. This answer is going to be great uh, for uh, broadcast media. I have no idea whatsoever. <laughs> Honesty is the best policy. <laughs> we call that a stonewall in the conversation. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't. I don't. You know, I mean, you know, seminaries really became systematized in the Council of Trent, and I don't know a lot of the full history of, of those documents. I know that there's a lot of great saints involved, and the reformation of the clergy and the formation of the clergy. Right. Um, St. Charles Borromeo, St. Robert Bellarmine, whose feast day is September 16th as we record this. Exactly. Um, but, uh, and it's interesting how many saints since Trent, like St. Vincent de Paul, um, so many others, uh, all have reformation of the clergy as one of the things that they did. Right, right. But... Um, <clears throat> I, I don't I don't recall I think in some ways this is new probably certainly the human formation would certainly be new um, and maybe even the uh, pastoral although there's a rich tradition of pastoral training going back to Pope Saint you know huh Pope Saint Gregory the Great oh yes yes who uh, wrote a book the Good Shepherd yes uh, and, never never read it no have I that book is traditionally given out as a gift to a newly uh, elevated bishop. Oh, really? I didn't know yeah. that. Okay, interesting. And so, um, now, uh, so there is that idea of, so I think these areas have been there. I think human formation probably would be the newest, um, especially because in our own day, it seems like the heresy most often is kind of a misunderstanding of our own humanity. Which is podcasts we've touched on before. Right. So why don't we, Father? Why don't we dive into then? Because what we what we're going to do today, as I stumble over wah wah wah, uh, is is look at these four areas and their origins here in priestly formation, and then see how they again how they apply to all of us. But it's essential to understand the the initial application, if you will, um, to to priestly formation, so we can properly understand how that applies to the lives of of all who seek to follow Christ. So. Father, human is, as you mentioned, it's the first listed in Pastoris Dabo Vobis. Uh, it's, it's the newest in the sense of, of uh, explaining it or it being included in a deliberate way, intentional way in, in priestly formation. What the heck is it? What is, what is, what is human formation when it comes to, to seminarians and priestly formation? Well, what that comes to is the idea that your humanity is the bridge by which people encounter Jesus in the sacrament of your priesthood. Mm. You human your humanity is the bridge by which people encounter Jesus in the sacrament of your priesthood. I'll say it again. Wow. Um, and so a man's personal habits, a man's personality matters. Right. 
in this way. Now, it's not the whole story. Just because you're a nice fellow doesn't mean you're a good priest. Right. And just because if, if you were a jerk, it, you could still be a good priest. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's interesting. You know, you think of some of those uh, classical priest characters from various novels, such as Graham Greene's uh, The Power and the Glory. Right. Uh, where the priest there, in some ways, humanly, is quite a failure, but he keeps enduring in his priestly uh, vocation despite his failures. And his his real quality there is that endurance. Right, right. Um, and so, uh, so that would be kind of the human formation in a nutshell, if you will. And I, I th- Father, I think that's just an application of that's an extension of the the reality of the incarnation as well. Jesus became human. He, he took on human nature. He took on human flesh, a particular human. And, and so his, his humanity, his human nature is the means by which he brought salvation to the world. And, and, and this is sort of the, app, the application of that, if you will. It's the derivation of that. Just as Jesus's salvation, uh, just as salvation was mediated by Jesus's humanity, so too is, is your priestly ministry mediate, mediated by your humanity. When all humans, all salvation is mediated through humanity. Exactly, yes. Because uh, the church uh, that Jesus empowered and uh, in, invigorated with his Holy Spirit is a church still made up of humans, of the body. And so there is a need for us for a reasonable examination and consideration. All right, does the do these human habits, these human actions... Uh, help and facilitate this overall gospel mission. So, can you give any examples, any 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 concrete examples of what the goal of, I mean, so what what does human formation entail? Or what's what's the a specific goal that 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 human formation uh, is aimed at? Well, I think you know probably the main and sp- and the pastor Stavov always calls this out. A special importance is your capacity to relate to others. Okay, uh, because. You need to a priest needs to be uh, responsible for community and a man of communion. If you don't know what communion community is, then how can you build it within your uh, assignment? Okay. So, so the ability to relate to to interact with with other people, considering that you will be a priest probably in a parish in the in the case of most the vast majority of diocesan priests at least. Right. 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 Okay. Right. Yep. Okay. We will be in a parish and responsible for that. And, you know, we, we can think probably, uh, any listener can probably imagine right now, of the various challenges just to human relationships these days. Uh, I was walking on campus earlier today and saw uh, two gals kind of sitting at a table kind of hunched over. And I was like, oh, maybe they're praying. Maybe like from a, a Bible study, or from the Newman Center someplace else, maybe they're praying. Nope, they're just sitting there across from each other, staring at their cell phones. <laughs> yes. So. Okay, so that's human. One down. What's, one num- down. what's number two? Three to go. Um, so the second one, then, of course, is the spiritual formation. It's not intellectual? Dang it. Nope. <sighs> that should be last. All right. All right. So because our, our humanity opens us up to the spiritual life as a good... Uh, Thomist, Dr. Bergwald, as a devotee of St. Thomas Aquinas, what does grace build upon? Nature. Yes, grace builds upon nature. And so uh, a natural bridge from our own humanity is that bridge to the spiritual formation. Uh, so there needs to be an education 
of the spiritual life. What does it mean to live the life with God? Now, this is an ancient uh, discipline in the church, without a doubt. Right, right. The, 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 the importance of and the focus on spiritual formation of future priests. Correct. And, and even just the spiritual formation in general, what is the spiritual life? Right. What is it made of? What does it look like? Um, you know, many great authors talk about the three stages of conversion of the spiritual life. Uh, so many of the saints and doctors of the church are doctors not so much in morals, not so much in dogma, but most often doctors in the spiritual life. Right, right, right. So, um, now it's not only important for the priest to have a spiritual formation of his own spiritual life, so it can be the root of his priesthood, uh, and a life-given experience, an encounter with Jesus Christ on the cross and the glory of the resurrection, but also so that the priest can teach it to others. Exactly. A great point, Father. Once again, sort of a, a, another universal in the life of the church. Oftentimes, in, men, in the vast majority of cases, we receive something so we might in turn give it away to others. So in, the, in, in this case, the, the spiritual formation that you received as, as a seminary and continue to receive as a priest in, in different ways, you are, are then able to pass that on to, to the people that you work with. Correct. Nemo dat quad non habit. You can't give what you don't have? Yes. Okay. Hey, look at me picking up my educated. Uh, you're learned, which moves us to number three. Number three, the intellectual life. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Um, to have a, a, a sound grasp and knowledge of the teachings of the church. Um, necessary because a priest is, as a shepherd, is a teacher. Part of that shepherding action is to feed the sheep. And part of the things that sheep must be fed with is not just in the spiritual life, but the true knowledge of who God is. Right. And, and, and who, who we're called to be as those who seek to follow him, those who are created by him for him. Correct. Because if you aim for nothing, you'll hit it every hit time. It every time. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. I don't know. Is there anything else to say about intellectual formation? Um, well, again, not that they have to be brainiacs or geniuses. Again, but they have to have this basic capacity and, and competency. I think the intellectual formation has always been a part of priestly formation, although it probably received it in the spiritual formation, received a special emphasis after the Council of Trent. I think so, yeah. Yep. And I think many of those priest, those saint reformers of seminaries and priestly formation uh, emphasize both intellectual and spiritual life. Right. Um, but, uh, and so there, there are a little more timeless concerns and the formation of clergy. Okay. Just maybe a gloss in that way. Yep. Um, also, making sure to emphasize doctrine and scripture. Yes. Um, that a priest in his intellectual formation has to have a knowledge of scripture. Yeah, and that was something that's reflecting out definitely a desire from the Second Vatican Council that there be a strong emphasis on, on formation uh, of 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 future priests in knowledge of, uh, grasp of, familiarity with, with the, the Holy Bible. And also the idea, um, it's interesting to put this intellectual life after the spiritual life, Yep. Um, that your intellectual pursuit should come as a believer first. Right, yes. Um, do you remember the Latin phrase about uh, kind of the classical definition of theology? Faith, fides querens intellectum. There we go, which faith, means? Faith seeking understanding. Yes. So faith comes faith comes first and we seek to understand because we believe. Right. 
So there's a there's a danger in that in intellectual study of the faith there is a danger that it could become just overly actualized and could to be from the posture of on your knees as a yes yeah, absolutely okay number four oh sorry number four is the pastoral formation to be formed to the heart of Christ as the good shepherd um, so this is we think of this probably in a couple different area but training of uh, the priest to have a heart for his people. Okay. And of being comfortable. In, and so there's some practical aspects of this, uh, such as, um, you know, for a man to learn what it means to go to a hospital and kind of all the different rituals involved with modern medicine, you know, to read the signs on the door. Oh, this is no contact. Oh, this person is nothing pastoral. Don't give them Holy Communion because they're having surgery in three hours. Okay. Yep. Right. Or things of that sort. Um some practical things in that regard. But there's also, of uh, again, this, this posture within the man of a uh, mature reflection upon and the needs of the sheep of his day. Father, how would you distinguish, what's the difference between the first and the last here? What's the difference between human formation where it's about you know being able to relate to people and pastoral formation? How are they different then? Well, uh, the first one uh, deals with the ability in the person themselves and priestly formation in the man himself, whereas the pastoral formation deals with then applying that to others. Okay. Yep. Okay. That makes sense. So you there's a looking at oneself in that way for the sake of others. Okay. Anything else about pastoral formation? I think we'll probably leave it at that. Again, just I think if, if it's still fuzzy for you, just think, again, the word pastor means shepherd. Right. And I, what's beautiful to me about this is, again, sort of referencing you, things you said early on, this is about the formation of the entire man, the entire person. Uh, it's very holistic that way. It's not just about the intellectual formation, not just so you, you, you're learned, you know theology. It's, it's, it's a broader sense of formation so you can truly be a priest and not just somebody who knows a lot. Right. So so this, this idea of... Of, of forming a man to become a priest by focusing on these four different areas has been then applied, taken by, by, by others within the church and applied to other, other realms, if you will. So for instance, the U.S. bishops uh, back in uh, the, the uh, around 2004, 2005, came out with a bishop, uh, excuse me, came out with a document entitled Coworkers in the Vineyard of the Lord. And this is for the formation um, and and the well formation of lay ecclesial ministers. So lay people who, like myself, work in the church doing ministry uh, insofar as we, we are able to as lay people. Um, so, so that's an example of take, and what, what that document does is takes those four ideas from Pastoris Dabovovus, those four areas of formation, and applies it to the lay ecclesial minister. But something that we're doing here in our diocese, and, and, and others are doing this elsewhere as well, uh, but in our diocese, this emphasis we've... Uh, taken on in the last few years of, of, of discipleship and forming intentional disciples, we're also applying this framework of four areas of, of formation. So, so again, the, the goal for any follower of Christ is that we would be well-formed as men and women, um, that we would uh, have a deep spiritual prayer life, that we would um, be, be well-formed in the teachings of the church, the teachings of Christ, as we receive them through the magisterium in scripture and tradition, 
and then that we are able then to live them out in our life. So, Father, I think, you know, just for the sake of time, I want to focus on, and if we have time, but focus for now at least on that fourth area, pastoral formation, what that means for the laity. And what I think it means is is the lay apostolate. So how we are called with the gifts we've been given, the formation in the other areas, now we're called to put that to work for God in his kingdom. So it's analogous to me to, to pastoral formation for a priest, where that's about, you know, him putting that to work with others, everything else to work, working with others, exercising his ministry for others. The laity are called to do something uh, analogously similar, right? Correct. And and that's kind of, and that, that's a challenge in our day with kind of the relativistic attitude of, you know, I'll just let people um, go their own way and do their own thing. Um, and so part of this pastoral formation for the lay faithful is even just awakening to the fact that there is a mission uh, for all lay faithful outside of even just their own family. Right, right. That we're all called, again, according to the different gifts we've been given, the talents that we've been given by God in our baptism and confirmation, uh, called to build up the kingdom in some way, uh, certainly including our families, but but for the vast majority of us, uh, going beyond that as well. Correct. Um, so go ahead. Sorry, I think I cut you off maybe. No, and I think... A good thing to think about, um, and I think we should have put this at the beginning, and I apologize that we didn't, uh, if you're still with us, listeners, but part of the importance of knowing this is to know what we're aiming at. And so when this, uh, that document, Pastoral Stabovobis, came out, it wasn't just about, um, oh, these priests are a bunch of lazy, good for nothing, so right. you got to whip them into shape. And putting these standards and, and proposing these standards to the lay faithful isn't, well, you're all worthless and weak, so drop and give me 20. Um, it's that our enthusiasm is good, our intentions are good, but without these, this right guidance in a substantial way to think and to aim, our enthusiasm, our intentions go nowhere. Right. So this is, I think, um, early, maybe last year, 2013, we, we talked about, you know, how you set goals in the spiritual life. Um, and, and something we talked about then was being very specific and concrete. And so these, the, this framework of four areas of formation helps us to, as you said, to, 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 to aim, to have a specific goal that we're working towards a target to aim for. Correct. And so I think, um, why should you learn about these things? Why should you think about yourself in these ways? Why should you think about your Christian life in these ways? Why should you think about your children's Christian life in these ways? Because it is important to have that vision, have that sight of where you're going to go. Uh, even here at my Catholic Newman Center, you know, where do I want to go? Where do I want to be taking these young people? I need to know where they're at and then uh, know where to take them. And to give them an idea and empower them with the idea of, of what they want to do within themselves and what Christ wants to do within them. Right, because if we're not, I mean, if if we're not if we're not moving a specific towards a specific destination, we'll just be drifting along with the culture in which we live. And nobody has ever drifted to the place they wanted to get to. It always took work. It always took effort. Right. Uh, um, but what's the phrase from G.K. Chesterton? Uh, the only thing that flows downstream are dead things. Exactly. Exactly. So I think when you think about that, you know, your own life as, as a disciple of Christ, think about what that means and how you can grow in all these four areas of formation. And with that, we'll wrap up this episode of Ignition. Um, again, feel free, feel free to email us at ignition at sfcatholic.org or tweet us at sfdiocese using the hashtag Ignition with any thoughts, questions you might have, or ideas for topics for future episodes. 
And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 3 on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.